The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 14. Glory to you, O Lord. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. Amen. I've shared stories here before of my wrestling days in high school. Those were great days. I wasn't great, but uh, I got by. I was okay. High school wrestling, you see, was no big deal in Florida. No one cared. The sport that I participated in bared little resemblance to what most people knew as wrestling. In those days, known as the World Wrestling Federation. And that was a big deal. I remember watching professional wrestling on TV growing up, and of course we still thought it was real. People would pay big money to watch these guys on pay-per-view, like $100 to watch a match. I guess they still do, right? And the characters back then were larger than life. Do you remember? Hulk Hogan, of course, was a hero, and the toys and the t-shirts were everywhere, but there were guys like George the Animal Steel, the Million Dollar Man, the Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake Roberts, the British Bulldogs, and of course, Andre the Giant. Yeah, Many of these guys lived in Central Florida, too, not far from where I grew up. And later on in the mid-90s when I was in college, uh, pro wrestling had this kind of resurgence. And a friend of mine whose dream it was to actually become a pro wrestler taught me a few things. And what I learned was that uh, there was always a good guy, right, the hero in the match. And he had a name. He was called The Face. Okay? And he was pitted against the bad guy who was known as The Heel. The Heel, okay? And they'd talk trash back and forth, and they'd build up the spectacle of the match that was, of course, choreographed. And this fight dance would end, but we'd watch to see how it would all play out, not knowing, maybe suspecting that the winner was always predetermined. Jacob faces much higher stakes. He's had trouble in his life. From birth, he struggled in his mother's womb against his brother. The brother was born just before him, technically making Esau the older son. And yeah, they were wrestling inside their mother's womb even. His name means one who supplants or seizing by the heel. Since he was latching onto his brother's heel at birth. Jacob is the heel, the bad guy in these stories, or questionable maybe at best. He'll do whatever he needs to do to get what he wants. Remember the story? With his mother's help, he tricks his father Isaac into giving him the family blessing, the larger share of the inheritance. And his relationship with his brother was fractured. He fled to his home, the home of his uncle, Laban. And there he would work for 20 years to marry Leah and then later Rachel and he'd become wealthy at the expense of his uncle. He was going to get what he wanted and wouldn't go down without a fight. 
Then later, deceiving his uncle, he leaves in the night and decides it's better to go back to his homeland and deal with his brother. So maybe if he sends all the livestock and the family and the gifts ahead of him, all the servants and wealth, his brother would have mercy. But if necessary, he would take what was coming to him. So there he is in fear. He sends everyone across the stream and camps out for the night. And when night falls, he encounters a man, an angel. Is it God? It's hard to say. But they wrestle. And unlike the pay-per-view matches of my youth, this is a serious fight. They are going all night long. As day breaks, the man commands Jacob to let him go, not without a blessing. Jacob is negotiating still. Jacob gets blessed, but receives an injury to the hip, the socket, literally the hollow, can also refer to the seat of one's being. We can say he was injured in the very center of his identity. This one who struggled against God, who fought so hard, would not give up the fight and was changed in the process. The stranger changes his name to Israel since he has striven with God and with humans and has prevailed. But there's more. He'll walk with a limp, a reminder of this event, of the change of his character. And the difficult truth of who he is and has been, too. Jacob has lost his own power, but has gained God's blessing. We've had to struggle some. We've had trouble. Sometimes God is our trouble, too. When our conscience is terrified by our failure to live up to who we're supposed to be, or what we're supposed to do when our flaws are uncovered, and put on display when others suffer because of our actions it can be terrifying. We all struggle to listen to God at times, to listen for God and to obey. And we struggle to live faithfully, to trust in the Lord alone and to share the hope that is in us at times. And we push up against what we know is right and we think, I can do this my way. We fail to hear the word speaking in our lives. We might struggle with questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is there so much hatred in the world? Where did I go wrong? Where's the simple faith I had as a child? What can we do about the violence we see every day? Is there life beyond our solar system? Okay, any alien folks out there? <laughs> How will we live into the future of climate change? Will the church as we know it exist in 20 or 30 years from now? We struggle. We wrestle those questions. We wrestle with our own existence. Yeah, Jacob gets a new name. Is he really changed? It's hard to know. He is who he is. But this is certainly a turning point. Verse 31, not in our reading today, says, The sun rose upon him. He is one who will work to get what he wants. He's still that guy, though maybe this turning point turns him outward for the whole nation of Israel instead of inward, just seeking after what he wants. He'll be Israel now, and his struggle will be for the sake of those around him, his family, his people, and ultimately the world. 
So we find ourselves wrestling and struggling, wrestling with change. Maybe you've had sleepless nights. Our culture is filled with anxiety. I choose to think it's because we're growing, and growing is hard. It's painful, too, at times. But we are not without hope. I've been saying that a lot this week. The church is shrinking. Our church struggles, too. But we are not without hope. Family life is joyful and difficult at times. People we love are just trying to get by. Some are sick. Many are frustrated, grieving, facing an unknown future. But who are we, if not ones that hope? The world can seem hopeless, but as followers of Jesus, as people named and claimed here in baptism, we will not be distraught or submit to the evil around us without a fight. We're going to wrestle. We're going to live in that struggle if we have to because we are hope dealers, promise sharers, carriers of the love of Jesus into all these difficult moments of life. And it's not hard for me to imagine that we're sometimes like those pro wrestling characters I used to follow as a kid. And the fight is a show. Because the end is a foregone conclusion. The winner is already crowned and seated at the right hand of the Father. God's word is final. And God has chosen, still chooses to fulfill promises. Not according to the character of the people God is working through, but we'll use what is. We'll work on the broken stage we've set with the flaws we carry and bring about God's new reality, God's chosen future, this kingdom, this transformation through the pain and new life through our struggles and through the cross, ultimately. There in the desert, alone with nothing but his tears and a humble prayer, Jesus prays. There in the desert, with nothing but his fear, Jacob encounters God. Not a comforting presence that he finds, but a struggle. Jacob is changed to Israel. Is he really changed for the better? Is he a good guy now? It's hard to know, but it's certainly... A turning point, a moment of transition, of reassurance that God will continue to bring about the promise through Israel's descendants. And there in Gethsemane, Jesus is praying in his distress, in his grief. He turns to his father. And Mark's gospel so vividly and clearly portrays this angst of the Lord, the heartache that clings to him as he follows the will of God. He's with all his friends, yet alone. This is his struggle. And they can't understand the pain of his path and the life that he will give up for the sake of the world, for our sake. Our Lord is wrestling. And his face is turned to the heavens, and even in his distress, he submits. He will be blessed. And more than that, a blessing for the whole world. And through him, we will be the ones changed. Redeemed and renewed in Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ in the world. We are freed from our inward facing struggles and freed for the struggle of our neighbor 
to share the good news of a Savior, to deal in hope and promise and love and grace, to make others' lives better, freed from our own self-doubts and wonderings by the gift of God's grace, to go and love and serve with whole hearts and minds and bodies. And made strong in our weakness, we are welcomed into a new family because of Jesus. God comes to us in our joys and our success, and yet is most present with us in our deepest struggles, in those moments where we are wrestling all night long. And when we are most unsure of where to go next, will we persist in faith? Will we continue to believe and trust that God is our God of the lost? The lonely and the least, and and the God of the moderately successful, the functionally depressed, the barely able. God's grace is wide, wide enough for us who struggle at times, who wrestle to just get through the day, who dream of something better, who work and wait and wonder how God will show up in our lives. We persist and we persevere knowing that this struggle is just part of the reality of being human and finding ourselves and the world transformed in the process. Amen.